Jesus, you just scared the crap out of me. Look, do you trust me? What? I'm sure. Ellen, I saw something. What is it? I don't know what the hell they are. They're all around us and nobody can see them but me. They're like these fucking disgusting feeding on us. You understand? Here, take one of these, then you'll see. Okay, even if I take one of these pills and see whatever the hell it is you're seeing, that doesn't mean it's real. If you're right, and it is just a side effect of the pill, then we both can't have the exact same hallucination, right? We can't see the exact same thing. So you have to take one. On the wake up. Live from FEMA Region 2, back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co-host, my brother John, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to the whole On the Wake Up Radio family and shout out to you, the listener, the On the Wake Up Radio Army. Definitely, as always, can check us out at onthewakeupradio.com. That's www.onthewakeupradio.com. Going to talk about some stuff tonight, and you know how that goes. As soon as we start talking about some stuff, it's when the interference starts. So get a head start on it. Check us out at onthewakeupradio.com. Can also check out the archives, and let me just remind you that's that's you know twenty four hours streaming radio. We we have shows archives being played from four years back, and you know it would take you probably four years just to listen to all the content that we have. And you can also check out our archives at SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We don't have the YouTube anymore for obviously obvious reasons because of the heavy censorship that we've experienced. And so we did the the right thing and just pulled all our videos. We may have a couple videos up there just to have a YouTube presence, but for the most part we don't have any videos on YouTube. So check us out at those other platforms. And you can also find all of these shows on otwtube.com. You can find the archive programs at otwtube.com. That is our social media platform. That is the black YouTube. That is an independently created social media platform because of the censorship. In this age of censorship, that just to have this is the time where it's not the time to have conversation stifled. And so otwtube.com was created just so that we can have these conversations. So go check us out on there. Big shout out to FEMA FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell. Deanne, thanks for keeping the lights on. Where is she? Where are we at right now with that? Because I know we got a lot going on in the world right now. We have this... um, in this country alone, we have the uh, Kentucky tornado, which is, you know, just devastated part of Kentucky that, you know, hasn't had this type of storm. They're saying this may be the, the biggest tornado who ever hit this area in Kentucky or to ever hit the state, period. 
So big up to all my people in Kentucky, whole firm out there. And at the same time, now, I hate to be that guy. I was, um, last week, I heard this rumor, and I don't know if it's true. Let me go check it out real quick. Because I heard this rumor that Donald Trump, huh, and Clinton were supposed to testify in the Jelaine Maxwell trial. And I didn't know if I believed it. But um, I just looked it up real quick. Prosecutor headline from Yahoo News from four days ago. Prosecutors called one of Trump's Mar-a-Lago employees to testify at Jelaine Maxwell's trial. Okay. From Newsweek, 12 days ago, why Prince Andrew Clinton Trump mentions in Jelaine Maxwell trial could backfire. New York Post, Jelaine Maxwell trial, Trump, Clinton, Prince Andrew name dropped during pilot testimony. Okay. So their names are being thrown around. Is that going to go anywhere? I don't know. I doubt it. But, you know, I had mentioned just for people, if that is the case, if they do get called to testify, which I don't think they are, but they might, they do get called to testify, watch for the okie doke and definitely watch out for, you know, events to happen. I had said, I had said, look out for, what did I say? I said, look out for that piece of the Canary Island to fall off. Look out for a false flag or anything like that. And then a day or two later, somebody uh, tagged me and said there were some tornadoes in Kentucky. So I was like, okay, that's convenient. So that's not to say it wasn't an actual weather event that occurred in Kentucky, but I'm also skeptical because it's not tornado season right now. And people tend to forget stuff like that. Yes, we're experiencing some strange weather. It's abnormally warm in New York right now. This weekend, it was like 40s, 50s, which is crazy for December in New York. So, you know, that kind of thing can definitely lead to tornadoes in a place like Kentucky. But it's just, it's worth noting that we need to watch out for these okie dokes, okay, folks? And just be prepared for them. And, um, you know... Keep an eye on this trial as best as possible because these people are going to try whatever they can to take your attention off of it. I'm guessing that some big names will really will come out at some point. And when those names come out, that's, you know, I, I feel like that's going to be kind of, that's going to vindicate a lot of people that have been called conspiracy theorists or so-called conspiracy theorists. People who have been talking about this stuff literally for decades, now it's actually on trial in the public sphere to a certain extent. It's not being shared publicly. Yes, no, we can't watch this trial. We can't watch this on TV like the OJ trial for whatever reason, but it is in the public sphere right now. So we have to keep a t pay attention to it and keep pressure on these politicians and all these people who come up in it. A funny story that came up is this Chris Cuomo situation. This is interesting because Chris Cuomo has been fired from CNN, as far as I know. Yes, 
The latest news, Chris Cuomo has been fired. Hey, peace, gang, peace. Yes, yes, absolutely. So hold on, let me just pull this up because, you know, John and I, we've been talking about the fucking Cuomo family. And, uh, you know, the whole thing with, with me and the Cuomo's one, Andrew Cuomo, former, you know, Epstein pal and disgraced governor Andrew Cuomo was also in the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs, I believe it was. I believe it was the flight logs. Like, what were you doing on that plane, Andrew? And so now Epstein, I didn't realize this motherfucker was a baller. I didn't realize the amount of money this guy had. Jeffrey Epstein, he, he didn't just have a plane called the Lolita Express. He had a fleet of some badass private jets and private planes, a fleet of planes and helicopters that was called the Lolita Express. <laughs> this is a, the, the story that the media has been painting. Peace, Valkyrie. Peace, brother. Doing well. This, the story that the media has been painting about Jeffrey Epstein there it's skewed it, it is like it's they kind of um simplified and reduced the actual man they don't explain that it was a fleet of private jets called the lolita express this motherfucker had his own airline okay he had a pedo airline <laughs> this motherfucker this is not the person that was being painted out you know I looked up the definition of a financier. I think I read that the other day. Because I was like, they keep calling him this. What is a financier? Like, what is really a financier? A financier definition. One that engages in investing or raising large amounts of money. Two, an officer who is entrusted with the control of financial interests. One who regulates or manages the public rev revenues. Three, one skilled in financial operations, whether public, corporate, or individual. One who understands money matters. So that's what Jeffrey Epstein was, a financier. And this is one guy, I can't remember his name. This um, Maybe I can remember his name. Leon Black. Yes, Leon Black. Who is Leon Black? This is from Wikipedia, all right? Leon Black is an American investor, best known as the co-founder and former CEO of private equity firm Apollo Global Management, AGM. Black stepped down as CEO and chairman in 2021 after revelations that he paid the disgraced business person <laughs> and pedophile Jeffrey Epstein $158 million for family office tax-related advice over the period from 2012 to 2017. This motherfucker, this is like, let me see if I could just career, um, uh, personal life, Epstein relationship affair, book public article. See, I'm trying to find, because this motherfucker, like Leon Black, for someone like me, I'm not in that world, so I didn't really know who Leon Black was, but for someone who's in the world of Wall Street 
and who's in, you know, this world. Like, this, this dude is a major financial motherfucker. Okay. Let me see, because now everybody's, you know, <laughs> running to kick this dude while he's down. <laughs> Who is Leon? This is from Forbes magazine, October 12, 2020. Headline, Who is Leon Black, the billionaire who helped bankroll Jeffrey Epstein's second act? This is from Lizette Voit Voitko, Forbes staff. In a bombshell report published Monday by the New York Times, hedge fund, hedge fund tycoon Leon Black, whose net worth Forbes estimates to be $8 billion, transferred at least $50 million to disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein between 2012 and 2017. In a professional relationship that ended in 2018 when the two men had a falling out over a fee dispute. So... This mother in this article it says 50 million, but in the other one it said 150 million, right? Yeah, yeah, Fedco said Fedco said almost like them two was bosom buddies. That's what it sounds like, right? <laughs> it sounds like they were chums. <laughs> Although Jeffrey Epstein had has been dead for over a year, having taken his own life in a Manhattan lockup in August 2019, while awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges, many questions including how extensive his alleged sex ring of underage girls actually was remain. From a financial perspective, many people wonder how Epstein, born to a working class family in Brooklyn, New York, managed to get his hands on hundreds of millions of dollars throughout his lifetime and use some of those funds to prop up his alleged sexual predation. Yes, we all wonder that. Forbes was the first to report the revelation from podcast Broken, seeking justice that the late British publishing magnate Robert Maxwell could have been one of Epstein's earliest sources of wealth. And as we know, Robert Maxwell was Mossad, and he, he wasn't just Mossad, but from what I understand, he was involved, you know, all these intelligence folks knew Robert Maxwell, CIA, MI6, Mossad, and he might have been a double, triple agent, and I think he was killed because of that shit, but that's another story for another time. Maxwell's prized daughter, Jelaine Maxwell, was reportedly introduced to Epstein by her father as early as 1988, before his mysterious drowning death off the Canary Islands in 1991. It's that Canary Island shit coming full circle today. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Man Man said they didn't show the video, so who knows if he truly died or not, or the government got him out. Well, that's the thing, because... so. See, this is why this shit is so dirty. The, the name of today's episode of the show is called They Live. And yes, it's based directly off of the movie They Live. Because we're dealing with some people, whether they're aliens or not, is irrelevant. We're dealing with some people who see us as food. Okay? That's like, I don't know. I mean... If you have a whole bunch of pet rabbits and the rabbits think they're good, they're going to rebel against you, you know, like, how are you going to look at those rabbits? You, you, the, the fucking nerve of you. I feed you, you know, gerbil food and carrots. And I keep you in this comfy cage like the nerve of you thinking that you're going to rebel against me. You know what I mean? So every time one of them gets caught up, 
they um they look at it as more of an annoyance. So the lead prosecutor, let me get this right. The lead prosecutor on this case is the same one who lost the tape from Epstein, right? Is is that how it goes? Uh just from Dardox, just a headline. I don't know what Dardox.com is, but it says Maureen Comey lost footage of the Epstein jail tapes. Yeah, you know. So when it actually happened, there was a two-minute lapse in the video, right? No, it's a she. She lost the tape. There was a two-minute lapse in the video, and then that two-minute lapse is when Epstein allegedly killed himself. But then the guards who were on duty, <laughs> this is the crazy part. They didn't check on that motherfucker for like eight hours. <laughs> they slept, okay? They slept. They were looking at stuff online. Like, it sounds like a patsy job to me because they were eventually, they what did they say? They wouldn't be held liable, I think, for the death of Epstein. I think that's what ultimately came out. But yeah, in the articles, yes, these motherfuckers slept during their shift. They were looking up like like fishing equipment and shit like that. Like these niggas, they got a whole paper trail of what they were doing that was not looking at Epstein. <laughs> shit is like the goofiest, the goofiest shit. And then in that two minute lapse when this motherfucker ends up dead in air quotes, the video just the, the the video wasn't working. The camera wasn't working, whatever it is, okay? And then so now you have this situation, the the footage, the um I guess it was the footage when when Epstein allegedly tried to kill himself. They said he was found on the floor with a strip of his bed sheet around his neck. <laughs> and Maureen Comey lost the footage. So this is the one who's prosecuting the Jerlaine Maxwell trial. She's one of the lead prosecutors, apparently. We'll see how that goes, right? So back to this Forbes magazine article. A deposition uncovered by the podcast revealed that Jelaine Maxwell, who's awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges in Brooklyn, may have had access to some of her father's wealth after his death, including the $500 million in pension funds he stole from his own company. That's a dirty dog right there. <laughs> Valkyrie Tactical said, in, it's a con. Any CEO that did that in any jail would be fired and changed if they did this right. <laughs> Ashley Love said, they were definitely paid off, paid off all that shit. Right, exactly. You know, but man, you know, someone probably told them, listen, we'll help you pay your debt, put your kids to college, get you some nice trinkets, but y'all are going to take the fall for this one. Both of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And thank you. And this is the thing, folks, because they're not fooling anyone. They're not fooling anyone. Well, maybe there's some dummies out there who really believe this shit. But again, they live. You know what I'm saying? They live. When folks like us, and this is why I love y'all so much, and this is why it's so important that we have these conversations, because folks like us aren't going to fall for the okie doke. But people who may not be paying attention and who don't really care, like, oh, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. And then I like you tell them, well, you know, there was a two-minute lapse in the video in the exact time that he died. The fucking eyes are going to gloss over, <laughs> you know? And so 
that's why it's important to have these conversations. And again, I encourage everyone to go to to otwtube.com and create an account and go on there. And, you know, I mean, a lot of the videos that are being censored and taken off of YouTube and the major platforms, they're finding their way onto otwtube.com. So I really encourage encourage everybody to go check that out. Let me switch this shit around. Producer's going to kill me for banging my mic. So back to this article. Yes, so this motherfucker Maxwell ran $500 million from the pension fund in his own company. That's a dirty dog right there. During Epstein's high rolling years in the late 1990s, he managed the fortunes of L Brands. I don't know what the fuck that is. These things. L Brands CEO and chairman Leslie Wexner. Oh, yeah. But after Epstein was convicted of solicit- soliciting prostitution from an underage girl in 2008, however, the Times reported he was all but deserted by the elite scions of business and academia, including the loss of income he had earned as a financial advisor despite having no college degree. In only a few years of Wall Street experience, Black appears to be one of the few who continues to do business with Epstein. So after it was discovered that he was a known pedophile, Leon Black still fucked with him. You know? So, oh yeah, Valkyrie, we're going to go into that for sure. So, all this to say, well, this is the end of the article. I'll just read the end of this article. It remains unclear how qualified Epstein was to provide financial services for Black, the 69-year-old chief executive and chairman of Apollo Global Management, a private equity colossus that manages over $400 billion in assets. He also serves as chairman of a, of a variety of institutions, most notably the Museum of Modern Art. Hmm. The Museum of Modern Art, folks. Black ranked number 55 on this year's Forbes 400 in September with a net worth of $8.7 billion. He's been a mainstay on the list since 1999 when he was worth an estimated $500 million. It was only two years before that Black made Epstein one of the first trustees of his charity known today as the Deborah and Leon Black Foundation, according to the Times. Yo. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, this dude is number 55 in Forbes 400. The Forbes 400, okay? He's number 55. But this motherfucker needed Jeffrey Epstein to manage his finances. And, and hold on, let me get, let me go to the top. He he needed Epstein to uh let me see. Hold on. Fuck it. He needed Epstein to manage his shit. That's the bottom line. Who who is Jeffrey Epstein that this guy Leon Black needs him to do anything? This guy manages, what did they say, folks? I'm reading this from Forbes magazine, okay? This is financial shit. What did they say? Four, $400 billion? Is that what they said? Yeah, Apollo Global Management, private equity colossus that manages over $400 billion in assets. Thank you, Valkyrie. $400 billion in assets. So what would someone like that need Jeffrey Epstein for? Okay. 
just you know something to bounce around in your mind and and so and this is why it's important again for people like us because we have all these little you know pieces that we can connect in order to understand the greater picture but someone could easily dismiss the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing because they don't know the other pieces that are involved so going back to this cocksucker Chris Cuomo this is from CNN December 5th 2021 New York CNN headline CNN fires Chris Cuomo CNN said Saturday that anchor Chris Cuomo has been terminated, quote unquote, terminated by the network, quote unquote, effective immediately. The announcement came after an outside law firm was retained to review information about exactly how Cuomo aided his brother, former New York governor Andrew Cuomo, when the then governor was accused of sexual harassment. And it wasn't just sexual harassment. See, I don't sexual harassment. When I was coming up, sexual harassment was a lot different from what these people are describing Cuomo did. Sexual harassment was, you know, a notch above cat calling, you know, especially when it was unwanted and unwarranted, talking about women's body parts, saying things, you know, sexual harassment. What Cuomo did, one of the things Cuomo did was walked up to a woman that worked for him and reached up her blouse and fondled her breasts. That's a little bit different than sexual harassment. That's a that's more like a sexual assault, if you ask me. I'm no expert on these things. I'm guess maybe we'd have to bring in an expert to talk to them. But you know, sexual harassment, like they, the language that they use, as if you was, just, you know, hey baby, you got a nice ass. Like it wasn't exactly. Uh, this shit was aggressive, unwanted sexual contact. So, now this is funny because this is going to go into the next thing. CNN, CNN suspended Cuomo indefinitely on Tuesday. The law firm retained by the network submitted its findings on Friday. According to a source with knowledge of the matter in CNN, Worldwide President Jeff Zucker fired Cuomo on Saturday. The producers and other staffers who work on Cuomo primetime will remain in place. Michael Smirkonish, Cuomo's regular substitute, will host the 9 p.m. Eastern hour next week. CNN said in a statement, Chris Cuomo was suspended earlier this week pending further evaluation of new information that came to light about his involvement with his brother's defense. We retained a respected law firm to conduct the review and have terminated him effective immediately. End quote. Quote, while in the process of that review, additional information has come to light, end quote, CNN statement added, quote, despite the termination, we will investigate as appropriate, end quote. So it gets a little bit deeper now, right? Because, ooh, thank you, thank you. Fedco says that is felony sexual battery in Cali, and that shit could get you locked up, right? Yeah, man, man said uh, Don Lemon is next. I think so, too. So in Cali, that is, what did we call it? Felony sexual battery. Going up and groping a woman's titties. Okay? Reaching your hand up the dress. Like that's, like, 
I was having a conversation earlier, you know, all my fellas, right? All my fellas, you know, for the, the mindset of a man to walk up to a woman that's not his woman, that works for him, to reach his hand up her blouse and to grope her. My fellas, you know that dude is on some shit, right? Thank you, man, man said, and in Florida, it's a felony. Thank you. You know that man is on some shit. That's some next shit right there. Most men will think sexual shit in their head about a woman, you know? If anything, they'll think it in their head. And maybe, maybe they'll have, they'll let it come out of their mouth amongst a group of other men. That's a big maybe, because they always they won't always let it come out of their mouth, right? This dude took the thought in his mind and it went into his hands and it actually happened. Oh, that's all right. those are some nice titties. Let me just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this dude's a fucking governor. So, also a felony in Texas. Definitely a sex crime. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. So all this to say, this guy was the governor of my state, New York. So, you know, for the last few years, John and I have been talking about this cocksucker, Andrew Cuomo. And, you know, some people are, why you beating up on Cuomo? Watch. Watch. Now you see, you know. And then it came out and we did some digging, did a little digging. Come to find out, oh, he was in Epstein's black book. You know, this guy was close enough with Jeffrey Epstein. And to me, now this is the speculation part, you know, because we always there's always a little theory with the conspiracies, and that's okay. So up in Albany, you had a small organization known as Nexium. Nexium was in the middle of a scandal a few years ago where, you know, they were taking women. It was basically a sex club, you know, where they would control women in different positions from baristas to Hollywood to politicians and everything in between. And Nexium, you had this lady, what was her name? Mac, Allison Mac. She was from some Superman show or some Smallville or some shit like that. But she was over there procuring women for the organization. She was procuring women and children. Okay? Now, this was up in Albany. And you had the, um, damn, what's the name of this company? Bronfman. Bronfman. Claire Bronfman. Claire Bronfman and her family. The Bronfman family is connected to, let me just get this right. So I want to make sure I call out the right ginger ale company, Seagram. Seagram Company, okay? So the father was Mr. Seagram, you know, the Bronfman, the head Bronfman, then Claire Bronfman, and then, uh, Mr. Seagram <laughs> Jr., whatever the fuck his name is, the uh, the brother of Claire Bronfman. Now, 
they were all involved. They're involved. It's a family affair because that's how it goes with these type of families, okay? It's a family affair, that type of shit, all right? So Claire Bronfman, she got in trouble for this shit. She was one of the Don Dottises of Nexium. We'll go to her brother in a moment. But there's a politician, a senator in New York known as Kristen Gillibrand. Kristen Gillibrand? I think it's Kristen Gillibrand. Her father was the political fixer for, for Nexium back in like the 70s. Okay? So he was the Ray Donovan of Nexium back in the 70s. That means he had these Albany, and this was in Albany, he had these Albany motherfuckers by the balls. Because somehow Nexium was that influential organization that ran shit even back in the 1970s. And I don't know if they ran shit, but they definitely kept things in check, okay? They kept the politicians um, compromised. This is the thing. Back in the 70s, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, in that time period, when it came time to compromise a politician, most of them were men, and it was through homosexuality, you know? They get over, they get these guys in bed with some other man, and they say, hey, look. <laughs> then look, we got photos of you and a young man rolling around in the bed. Either you do what we say or we release them to your family. <laughs> some old black and white photos of some politicians with the fucking socks on getting their ass blown out. But never mind. I'm sorry. It's late. I know, guys. We, you don't want that type of image in your mind. But it was done through homosexuality back in the day. All the way, you know, through the 90s, all that stuff. And this is how a lot of the compromising was done. Now in this modern day time, homosexuality is not that big a deal. Peace, family. Peace, peace. Homosexuality is not that big a deal, especially in the public sphere. The one thing that they do have is pedophilia now. So part of the game is, you know, it's one thing. Okay, you can throw a woman at someone. What if you throw a woman who, okay, so you know, y'all probably heard of porn, the, the barely legal pornography, right? Where you have girls who are, you know, 18 years old, just turned 18 type of shit, right? So these young guys, so these politicians, these politicians, you get them compromised with, uh, with young women who turn out to be less than 18 years old. Now you got them by the balls. These are the type of games that these organizations, the Nexiums and the Epsteins were running, okay? But then you got the real predators, you know what I'm saying? The people who prey on children. And that's a whole other level of stuff. But everything in between too. So this is the type of thing that we're talking about and this is the type of thing that we're talking about when we talk about an organization like Nexium running shit up in, in uh, Albany. So when John and I talk about Andrew Cuomo, this is the type of shit. These are the type of conversations that we're having because this motherfucker, we feel he's dirty and he was in Epstein's book. You know what I'm saying? And then come to find out in Epstein's second black book, Chris Cuomo's wife was in there. The fuck is she doing in there? What's she doing in there? So 
what does it look like? And now Chris Cuomo is in trouble. So, bet. So now Chris Cuomo, we know he gets fired, right? Gets fired at this point from CNN. But what's this next piece of information that comes out? New York Post, December 13th, 2021. December 13th, that's today. That's today. New York Post, headline, Chris, Chris Cuomo forced out of Sirius XM after sexual misconduct claim. CNN firing sources. It's a family affair. <laughs> Hold on, let me see what y'all are saying in here. Atrazine is contributing to homosexuality at large and dumped in what? Yeah, that atrazine, that's a whole other thing, you know? Um, the, if, you, if you look at certain water filters too, you have to look at your water filter. One, you should be filtering your water, but some water filters filter out atrazine, some don't. Many don't. And even then, like, I double filter my water because one filter waters certain, one filter filters certain things and the other filter filters other things. And in the end of it all, water doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> but it filters out the atrazine. So this headline, this just came out to, this just dropped earlier, earlier, uh, December. Oh, okay. December 6th. This came out December 6th. Chris Cuomo forced out of Sirius XM after sexual misconduct claims. CNN firing sources. Fired CNN host Chris Cuomo announced Monday that he quit his Sirius XM radio show with a source saying he was forced out of the side gig after a former female colleague at ABC News accused him of sexual misconduct. So at ABC News, he got it. I didn't even know when he was there. Cuomo, quote, re, quote, unquote, really wanted to stay on Sirius XM, but was told he needed to leave, sources said. In a tweet posted after scandal-scarred ex-ABC journalist Brian Ross filled in for him on Sirius XM earlier in the day, Cuomo made no reference to the anonymous accusation that CNN received last week, but wrote, quote, the way time ended at CNN was hard. While I have a thick skin. I also have a family for whom the past week has been extraordinarily difficult, end quote, Cuomo said, quote, so right now I have to take a step back and focus on what comes next. That means I will no longer be doing my, doing my serious XM radio show, end quote. A source familiar with the matter said of Cuomo, quote, he was asked to resign, which he did, end quote. Another, another source said Cuomo, who continued hosting his let's get after it radio program after CNN fired him on Tuesday, quote, really wanted to keep his Sirius XM show. He thought he would be able to keep it, end quote, the source added. In a prepared resp response, the radio network said, quote, following Chris Cuomo's statement that he is leaving his Sirius XM show, let's get after it, will no longer air. We thank Chris for his work at Sirius XM, end quote. In his tweet, Cuomo added a cryptic message to his quote-unquote loyal listeners that, quote, I will miss our conversations a great deal, but I look forward to being back in touch with you all in the future. The former Cuomo primetime star was fired 
by CNN on Saturday, four days after being suspended over revelations that he secretly tried to help his brother, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, fight the sexual harassment allegations that forced him from office in August. I'm not reading any more of this article. Um, th This is the thing, right? So... As a CNN reporter, he was helping, seeking to help his brother, who was a known sexual predator. Come to find out he's a sexual predator. His brother and his wife are friends with a sexual predator, with a known sexual predator. Not just a sexual predator, but a known pedophile. It's a family affair. This this is the this is what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you know, we can only infer that there is a stronger connection between the Cuomos and the Epstein's. But we've said it plenty of times. If I found out that my friend was a pedophile, that motherfucker would be in the dirt, <laughs> or at least catch a fresh ass whipping. And me and all my friends would whip his ass, you know, as our civic duty. You know why? Because that was our friend. And to find out that they were doing what they were doing, oh, no, that's an ass whipping off top. And then get the police involved. That type of thing, you know? Or better yet, whip his ass, find out what he knows, find out who else was involved, get all that information, and then maybe turn him over to the authorities. But for, for these people to find out that their friend, I mean, you know, Jeffrey Epstein talking about, was a pedo and to still deal with him. Like, yeah, right, thank you, he'd be buried somewhere. Like, um, what's this, what's this cocksucker's name? This cuckold, Bill Gates. I haven't talked about him in so long. <laughs> um, lovable cuckold Bill Gates became friends with him and even closer friends with him after it was known that he was a convicted pedophile and again was looking to uh, strike deals with him and, and, and have this motherfucker uh, and start a whole new charity with Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Gates didn't need his money either, just like Leon Black didn't need his money. Bill Gates took many a trip on the Lolita Express. What was going on on the Lolita Express, you know? I had read in reports, and you know, you can go back to shows from 2019 when we talked about this. John and I talked about this. And when you came over to Epstein's house, this is the thing with Epstein, right? He was a pedophile whose business was extortion. Okay? He's a pedophile whose business was extortion, his lifestyle was pedophilia, and he was looking to bring that lifestyle more into the public sphere. He was very open about his lifestyle. Um, you hear reports about when people would go to his house, and then, you know, a little girl would come up and start massaging his shoulders. This is the type of motherfucker that Jeffrey Epstein was. He was very open about his lifestyle. So for, you know, for someone to sit there and be comfortable with something like that. Let's say you didn't know anything about him. This motherfucker invites you over to his house. 
which is weird as it is, you know, but okay. You go to this motherfucker's house, and a little girl comes out, starts massaging his shoulders. Nigga, I'm getting up. What the fuck's going on in here? But I'm not staying here for this. This is crazy. <laughs> you know? But th this is the type of thing, like, he, he let it be known what he was about. He was about that life for sure, okay? And he wanted to share it with his friends. That's why he had them coming down to his, his little island. And we don't need to talk about who, you know, the people that had islands close to him. You know, the what's the guy's name? Branson, whatever the fuck his name is. The other guy, the uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Joe Biden's brother has an island next to him. You know, but whatever. We're not talking about them right now. You know, but if that's your friend and that's what they're into and you don't check it, then you're complicit in that act and you're letting them know, nah, this is cool with me, homie. Oh, yeah, you, you can do that. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. Not around me. And if you're not about that life, then it's not going to happen around you, period. Yeah. Yeah, then there's the whole Jay-Z, Beyonce thing, too. Like, yeah, I saw, you know, if you look at the lawsuit that was filed last year, I believe it was, there were a lot of names on that. I might pull it up again. I, I talked about it the uh, a few weeks ago on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Janola504 said, talking about uh, Joe Biden's, Ashley Biden's diary. Listen, folks, from this point forward, you can uh, stay on the IG live for sure, but definitely go on to onthewakeupradio.com because from this point forward, it's about to get ill on this show. And once we start talking about these serious topics, you already know the interference that we get. Go to onthewakeupradio.com. You can listen. You can turn the radio up. Nice, crisp, clear transmission of the radio. You can keep the IG on. Just turn the volume down and then listen because this is our independent radio source. I do this IG just for y'all, but if it wasn't for y'all, I would literally just do do my broadcast on the radio and this wouldn't, the IG Live wouldn't even be up. So go patronize IG, uh, excuse me, on thewakeupradio.com. By patronize, I mean just listen to us. But yeah, I was reading pages in that ad, that Ashley, uh, Ashley Biden diary. That shit is real. This is why, um, Homeboy's homeboy got his uh his home raided. Um, Project Veritas, that shit is crazy. Project Veritas got raided for you know it's all the disclosure, all the stuff that they were bringing out that they've been bringing out. But for the Ashley Biden diary, that was one of the things because in that diary she was talking about inappropriate contact with her father, Joe Biden. You know, and this, so y'all got to check out our Rides of the Gestapo episodes and the weaponization of the infrastructure because this is something that came up um, today. I was watching RT News 
And this is crazy. This is from RT, December 12th. Headline, U.S. threatening six-figure fines for contributing to banned sites, journalist tells RT. American journalists are being threatened with large fines by the U.S. Treasury for, write, for writing for the wrong websites, writer Daniel Lazar told RT, concerning, concerned his country's reputation as a defender of press freedom might be over. Lazar and other U.S. journalists who've written for the Strategic Culture Foundation, a website that describes itself as a research platform on Eurasian global affairs, recently received threatening letters from the Treasury Department warning they could be on the, on the hook for at least $300,000 in sanctions penalties, he told RT on Sunday. $300,000! <laughs> they're unwilling, quote, they're unwilling to write and they're unwilling to talk about why they're too afraid to write. Now, that's the thing with um, Lazar, Daniel Lazar, because... He actually did the interview, but he was telling he was telling RT like the other people, they're unwilling to write and they're unwilling to talk about why they're too afraid to write. Folks, you gotta check out our shows. I hope you got your pen, paper, notebook, text, edit, uh, Microsoft Word, whatever you use to take notes, yo. And you can follow along and look up articles and just you know look up stuff for, that you can check out later on. But we have had shows uh, a few shows called rise of the gestapo rise of the gestapo i think we are on two or three rise of the gestapos okay look up the um the military militarization the weaponization of the infrastructure the weaponization of the infrastructure i think we have a few shows on the weaponization of the infrastructure and we'll talk about these things and going back okay these reporters, quote unquote, they're unwilling to write and they're unwilling to talk about why they're too afraid to write. That's where we're at right now in the United States. Okay, back to the article. Washington had targeted the website and several others with a round of sanctions in April, claiming it was involved in election interference controlled by Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service, SVR, and connected to the Russian Foreign Ministry, a claim the foundation denies. Now, it has already been, I mean, this year, anyone that's pushing this uh, uh, Russian election fraud bullshit, they're either uninformed, uneducated, or lying to you at this point. Because it's been proven that, one, there was no Russian collusion between the Trump administration and Russia. And two, that this was a brainchild of the Hillary Clinton campaign. And that the, uh, the CIA director of the time... What was this motherfucker's name? Was it Brennan? I can't remember this guy's name. It might have been Brennan. He found out about it. He basically turned a blind eye to it. In the Obama administration, they turned a blind eye to it and basically let the Hillary campaign run with that. And for four fucking years, they tried to impeach this motherfucker Trump based off of that. So in the court of public opinion, people really think that was a real thing that there was Russian collusion, but there wasn't, okay? So that's the weaponization of the media right there, the weaponization of the media against the people. Yeah, that's why trials went nowhere, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> Mr. Eastland said, I took a month 
fast from the internet. Cut once Zuck mentioned the metaverse, checking in. Salute, salute to you too. <laughs> but yeah, so you know that whole Trump thing. And mind you, I'm not the biggest Trump fan or anything like that. I don't give a fuck about a president. But I'm just saying it wasn't true. Like it wasn't true. <laughs> so. Back to the article, Lazar was most concerned about the president, the precedent, such heavy-handed tactics set for the U.S. once staunch defense of the right to a free press, which is enshrined in the First Amendment to the Constitution and had previously been upheld in the courts. Okay. So this, this right here, this is something for people to just be aware of that's going on right now, okay? that journalists are being threatened with $300,000 fines by the Treasury Department of anybody for writing for the wrong type of website, for writing for them, okay? For contributing information to them, okay? Rise of the Gestapo, folks. It, it doesn't... if. <laughs> if we don't stop it now, then our grandchildren are going to have to stop this later on. And the chance of that happening are slim to none in this, in this climate that's being created right now. Okay? So just this, this, um, this idea of journalists and, and you know again this is why it's so important for outlets like on the wake up radio.com and there's so many truth spitters out there we're not the only ones we are um just one outfit out of many and i mean if you check out like last american vagabond that's another good one dream rare that's another good one i mean know the ledge radio uh red pill and blue pill they've been doing this shit they're one of the pioneers of this our perspective radio, Brother Hank and Toledo Books, they're some of the pioneers of this. You know, these outlets have been spitting truth. And, you know, give them your support. If you find someone, uh, a journalist, because if you find a journalist who is, or a journalist outfit who's out there and willing to put their neck on the line to bring you that information, they need your support. Because there will be a time, the way that things are headed right now, there will be a time when you will not be able to access this type of information. And more importantly, when you get, when this information is there, the people who are presenting it will be considered to be terrorists, dissidents. Uh, the, we already see the fake news thing coming. What happens when the fake news trend becomes criminalized, like really criminalized. That's going to be a whole new era. We're not completely there yet. You see, we can still have this conversation right now, but the way things are headed, we're not going to be able to have these conversations, you know, probably a decade from now. So take time now, find the people who are speaking the truth and not just support them, but Take that truth and do something with it, okay? You mobilize yourself. Share it with your people. Share it with people who are willing to listen, who are ready to hear this type of content because the time is running short. Crack Liberty Bell said, you used to be a journalist. What do you mean you used to be a journalist? 
You used to be a journalist. That means you're still a journalist, okay? <laughs> That's all that means to me. If you used to be a journalist, then you still are a journalist, in my opinion. Maybe there's something I don't know. But, so, Crack Liberty Bell, we need people who are journalists, you know? We need people who are out here because this is the thing with journalists. I'm not necessarily a journalist. I'm a historian. And so, that means... I'm able to study history. I know how to study history and I know how to study in general. I know how to do research. Oh shit, see, this new IG shit, whatever update they did where they now they're limiting your live feeds. I used to be able to do two, three hours live. So I'm gonna come back in probably about a minute and a half, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. You're listening to onthewakeupradio.com. We will be back in a minute. See you in a moment. And we're back at it, folks, on the Wake Up Radio, your host, Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co-host, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. As I was saying, that's why it's important for our journalists to keep their doing to keep doing their thing and for us to support our journalists too. Because in the end of the day, our journalists are people who they know how to do the research. They live by a certain uh, still they live by a certain ethic, you know, and I mean, clearly they're violating that now in 2021 because there are so many lies being told in the media and the media know this. And so, you know. That was the thing with the RT article, right? Where the journalists, they are afraid to talk about what they know is going on right now. They're afraid to talk about it. That's a major problem. Because then that's when some asshole can come by and be like, oh, this is conspiracy theory. It's not, there ain't no theory about it. The Treasury Department is being weaponized against journalists, okay? Treasury Department. I think that means that the um, basically the IRS is being weaponized against them, right? Because I think IRS, are they under the Treasury Department? Yeah, the IRS is under the U.S. Department of Treasury. So even though it's the Treasury Department, I'm sure the IRS, if you have a $300, $1,000 fine against you and you say, fuck that, I'm not paying that fine, who you think's coming? But your friendly IRS agents with their tactical gear and fucking 40 caliber hollow points <laughs> and all that shit, okay? So, again, the weaponization of the infrastructure. The weaponization of the infrastructure. Go to our Rise of the Gestapo episodes. We talk in depth about what the IRS has and the different bureaucracies the health and Department of Health and Human Services and their domestic special operations. They've been training in domestic special operations for, what, 15, 16 years now. The hell does HHS need with domestic special operations? Okay, that's something for you to think about. Check, check out our Rides of the Gestapo episodes. We have three of them. Check out all three of them. Lots of jewels jam-packed into there, okay? Let me just see where we're at right now. 
Can you believe it's already been an hour? I'm going to do my best to make this the most dangerous two hours in radio. Meaning that I'm not going to go to three, four hours tonight, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, Glenn, Green, Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, man, he's... um. He see Glenn Greenwald. I, I feel like he's up there with um, what's the man that they killed? Michael Hastings, right? Michael Hastings, rest in power. Those type of journalists are out there, you know, kind of putting their necks on the line as their journalistic duty. And facing heavy scrutiny and consequences for it. Now, I want to talk about, you know, in the spirit of people taking journalistic actions for the good of the people, because journalists are really, when the government, especially a government like ours, we have, you know, the executive, legislative, and judiciary. We already know executive is not in our favor. The executive, they're owned, right? The legislature, they're mostly owned by these corporate elites global regime of economic economic interdependence right american legislative exchange council and all those right so our legislative branch is owned and has been weaponized against us and the judicial for the most part has been weaponized against us right so the media and not just the media but you know journalists journalists newspapers the news, all of these are supposed to be outlets of truth and the checks and balances against the government. You know, that's one of the last lines of defense against our mind in the government, right? So when they get taken over, then we have to resort to other means to protect ourselves and to defend ourselves, okay? But there still are real ones out there. And so in the spirit of that, want to go over to this Julian Assange story, okay? Because Julian Assange, peep game, just on December the 10th was the international, what is it? International Human Rights Day. International Human Rights Day. And on this International Human Rights Day, the uh, <clears throat> a UK judge has <laughs> cleared the way for Julian Assange to be extradited to the United States. Now, many countries will not extradite people to the United States because we have the death penalty, but the UK is not one of those countries, they don't give a fuck. This is from The Guardian. Headline, Australian government stares down calls to press UK and US for Julian Assange's release. The Australian government is staring down calls to intervene to secure Julian Assange's freedom after a British court cleared the way for the WikiLeaks co-founder to be extradited to the US to face espionage charges. The government said it was monitoring the Australian citizens' case closely, but would, quote, continue to respect the UK legal process, including any further appeals under UK law, end quote, and emphasized Australia was, quote, 
not party to the case, end quote. Yep, they want him bad. The high court in London ruled on Friday that Assange could be extradited to the U.S., sparking a vow from Assange's legal team to appeal. It also prompted warnings from the press freedom and rights groups that the prosecution of a publisher under the U.S. Espionage Act sets a quote-unquote dangerous precedent. And goddamn right it does. Shit. Assange was remanded in custody and Friday's ruling paves the way for the British Home Secretary Preeti Patel to ultimately decide whether or not Assange should be extradited to the U.S. And, and even that right there, Preeti Patel, like this is an Indian, okay? The U.K. It, it did serious damage to India and the Indian subcontinent. You know, like horrible atrocities there. That's how Gandhi emerged and all that shit. Because of the treatment of the British, the British Raj, okay? That was as terroristic as the British were in Africa and the Americas and anywhere else, okay? So, um, Priti Patel, you better do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is <laughs> straight human rights shit. <laughs> It has led to fresh calls for the Australian government to take a stand with the independent Tasmanian MP, Andrew Wilkie, calling on the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, to, quote, end this lunacy, quote, unquote, end this lunacy and demand the U.S. and U.K. release a sign. You think they're going to release him? You know how bad the U.S. wants him? Labor said it believed the matter had, quote, dragged on for too long, end quote. And the Morrison government should, quote, do what it can encourage the U.S. government to bring this matter to a close, end quote. The Greens also called on the foreign minister, Maurice Payne, to, quote, urgently speak to the U.S. and tell them to drop these absurd charges and end Assange's torture, end quote. It ain't going to end shit, okay? They're that much closer to having them. Listen, the U.S., you know, and kind of like many other Western nations, they don't forget shit, okay? They don't take losses very well. And if they can get a beast of that ass in the process, they're going to do it, okay? They're going to, or they're going to go after a family member. They're going to go after somebody. Somebody got to pay for that shit. And what Julian Assange did, somebody got to pay for that shit. So I brought it. Hold on, hold on, Mr. I got to. Mr. Eastland said, do you see when Pamela Anderson was visiting Julian Assange in jail? What in the beta sex kitten CIA asset was that? I do not know. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what they were doing, but that's pretty crazy, right? What kind of shit is that? You know, Julian, at this point, he has had a stroke. So who knows what was going on there? And so, as I bring up Julian Assange, it's not as much to talk about the case or anything like that. Um, because that's not what WikiLeaks is about. WikiLeaks is his platform. It's not to glorify Julian Assange. It's to let us know what the fuck is going on. So in the spirit of, and you know, to honor this man's sacrifice, we're going to go down the WikiLeaks rabbit hole a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. 
some of the featured featured drops on this August 5th, 2021, the Intolerance Network. Today, 5th August, 2021, WikiLeaks publishes the Intolerance Network, over 17,000 documents from internationally active right-wing campaign organizations has, has Tio Oyer and Citizen Go. Fish Rot. November 12th, WikiLeaks publishes over 30,000 documents from Sam, Sam Herji. OPCW Duma. This was a big one. October 23rd from 2019, WikiLeaks publishes a statement made by a panel that listened to testimony and reviewed evidence from a whistleblower from the OPCW. Duma, this is when they tried to say, you remember the white hats, the white helmets in, in Syria, right? And they tried to say this was a gas attack from whoever the fuck, from, from, from the Assad regime, but it turned out to be from basically from the Islamic State funded by the U.S., that type of shit, you know? Got a, a drop Pope's orders, U.S. Embassy shopping list from December 2018. But this one right here, the Amazon Atlas, this one is most interesting. And that's not all. Those are just the featured drops. And so... I talked about this a few weeks ago, but for whatever reason, didn't come out in the archive. So I'm just going to mention it real quick, okay? The Amazon Atlas, because this is something people should be aware of. Straight off of WikiLeaks. <sighs> Amazon Atlas, 11 October 2018. Today, 11 October 2018, WikiLeaks publishes a highly confidential internal document from the cloud computing provider Amazon. The document from late 2015 lists the addresses and some operational details of over 100 data centers spread across 15 cities in nine countries. To accompany this document, WikiLeaks also created a map showing where Amazon's data centers are located. And this is something, folks, I'm telling you for my army of generals. Listen. Listen. WikiLeaks also created a map showing where Amazon's data centers are located. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's understood, doesn't need to be said. Amazon, which is the largest cloud provider, is notoriously secretive about the precise locations of its data centers. While a few are publicly tied to Amazon, this is the exception rather than the norm. More often, Amazon operates out of data centers owned by other companies with little indication that Amazon itself is based there too or runs its own data centers under less identifiable subsidiaries such as Vidata or VA Data Inc. In some cases, Amazon uses pseudonyms to obscure its presence. For example, at its IAD77 data center, the document states that, Am that quote, Amazon is known as Vandalay Industries on badges and all correspondence with building manager. So they're running around calling themselves Vandalay Industries when it's really an Amazon data center, okay? I want to pause for a moment because this is from 2018. At this point, now in 2021, we realize the, the megalith that Amazon is becoming. You know, they're becoming the the premier supplier for all things monetary, <laughs> you know, all goods, 
in some services, even down to food. They have a stake in Whole Foods at this point. They are digitizing Whole Foods and and the um, you know, down to the the biometrics that they're able to collect off of people. Whole Foods, they the they are monit monitoring how people shop, what they shop for. This is why, like, I never understand people, you know, purchasing survival equipment off of Amazon. Like, what? Jeff Bezos, you gonna let Jeff know everything that you're getting? Listen, Amazon, they make it so convenient, but they're also putting, you know, a, a red flag on your ass if you get the wrong type of things, even the type of books. And, you know, it kind of sucks that they are one of the main ones, one of the main games in town when it comes to that. But, you know... Don't don't feed the beast. You gotta uh <laughs> do your best to make these motherfuckers work for it, okay? I'm just putting this uh in case anybody missed the link for on the wake up radio.com. I'm putting that back in the chat so you can see. Because it's always best to listen to on the wake up radio.com. And then just you know, you can keep the IG on just for a reference point, just to be in the conversation with people. But you know, ultimately, the Amazon is no bueno. You know, you gotta watch them. Huh. Mr. Eastland said Vandalay Industries was the company Kramer always used on Seinfeld. Predictive trolling cannot make this up. That's right. That's right. It's funny because I was never a Seinfeld fan, but I was aware of that reference, that Vandalay. I was like one of the few things I was aware of from Seinfeld, which is pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. So, back to the WikiLeaks article, okay? Amazon is the leading cloud provider. <sighs> Y'all are going to want to pay attention to this now. Amazon is the leading cloud provider for the United States intelligence community. You got that? In 2013, Amazon entered into a $600 million contract with the CIA to build a cloud for use by intelligence agencies working with information classified as top secret. Then, in 2017, Amazon announced the AWS Secret Region, which allows storage of data classified up to the secret level by a broader range of agencies and companies. Amazon also operates a special GovCloud region for U.S. government agencies hosting unclassified information. Okay. So they're the largest cloud provider for the government. The government can't even provide their own cloud. <laughs> Currently, Amazon is one of the leading contenders for an up to $10 billion contract to build a private cloud for the Department of Defense. Amazon is one of the only companies with the certifications required to host classified data in the cloud. The Defense Department is looking for a single provider and other companies, including Oracle and IBM, have complained that the requirements unfairly favor Amazon. Bids on this contract are due tomorrow. Look, so when you look at a company like Amazon, understand that it is a government contractor. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and this is just, you know, this is according to the disclosures from WikiLeaks. 
So when we talk about Julian Assange, it's not just Julian the man. It's, hey, motherfucker, you let the cat out of the bag. You told the people a little too much, pal. And now they're going to make him pay for it. Damning disclosure. You hear this that I'm reading right now? Amazon is literally a government contractor. It's not a corporation the way that we understand corporations. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have to go through this whole thing. I'm going to read this last paragraph, though. In the process of dispelling the mystery around the locations of Amazon's data centers, WikiLeaks also turned this document into a puzzle game, the quest of random clues. The goal of this game was to encourage people to research these data centers in a fun and intriguing way while highlighting related issues such as contracts with the intelligence community, Amazon's complex corporate structures, and the physicality of the cloud. Joseph A. Farrell contributed to this article. Oh, shit. Mr. Eastland, this is why I love y'all, man. Mr. Eastland said, Bezos said in an interview back in the 90s, his dad and grandpa were involved with DARPA. Well, damn. Third generation fuckery right here. Third generation with Jeff. So, the quest of random clues. If y'all go and check out that hashtag on Twitter, you can have fun with that one. The quest of random clues. Because that's going to let people understand. Like they said, let's talk about the physicality of the cloud. Even though the cloud is this ethereal thing that's in the ether, it's still housed in physical locations as well. Okay, folks? Again, my army of generals. It is a physical thing. And I'm going to leave it at that. In regards to Amazon. This is just one of the many disclosures coming from WikiLeaks. Now, this is the thing. WikiLeaks, everything that is to be disclosed from WikiLeaks <clears throat> has yet to be brought into the public sphere. That Amazon thing is one of them. I have yet to hear people talk about Amazon as a government contractor. This is why we say, you know, share this information with someone who you think is ready to hear because everybody isn't ready to hear this. Yeah, I said it. I got it from WikiLeaks. People watch. People want to put up all these memes about Julian Assange, free Julian Assange. They ain't going to free Julian Assange, okay? But his information is still free. Free the information. Free WikiLeaks. Pass that information, you know? We have to move out of like the memosphere and the meme university mindset and and actually, you know, make something practical of this information. That's the whole thing. I just told you that Amazon is a major government contractor. Okay? So every time you go on Amazon.com, anytime you see Jeff Bezos, these motherfuckers are government contractors, okay? They are storing our information and they are making it more available 
for government agencies to do their research on us. You know, people are so worried about Big Brother. Big Brother's in your pocket. Big Brother's in the app that you downloaded. You know, you know, the government doesn't have resources to investigate everybody. They're going to let us investigate ourselves. Like the facial recognition, all this shit right here, this is the facial recognition right here. If it, When you open up Instagram, next time you open it, I'm sure you've seen by now, it says powered by metaverse or whatever the fuck, powered by meta. You know what I'm saying? It's no longer Facebook. It's meta now, okay? Meta, like metadata among other things meta is also metadata okay y'all know if you don't know you don't know so my point in saying that is when you come on to wikileaks now what's your knowledge base what's your knowledge base and what can you pull out of wikileaks I just started doing some searches. Obviously, I did the, you know, typed in pizza. All kind of stuff comes up about, you know, Hillary Clinton and her pizza parties and all this shit. They're so excited about these pizza parties. All that shit's in WikiLeaks. That's where it came from. But, you know, I did other searches. One of them was directed energy. I just typed in directed energy in the exact phrase section of it. And it yields 150 results, 150 results about directed energy on WikiLeaks. So I said, you know what? I'm not even gonna pull this up until I have the show tonight. So I'm, we're going into this raw, raw dog right now. So this is from, WikiLeaks, Directed Energy Warfare. This is a link straight from WikiLeaks. Military action involving the use of directed energy weapons, devices, and countermeasures to either cause direct damage or destruction of energy equipment, facilities, and personnel, or to, de or to determine, exploit, reduce, or prevent hostile use of the electromagnetic spectrum through damage, destruction, and disruption. It also includes actions taken to protect friendly equipment, facilities, and personnel and retain friendly use of electromagnetic spectrum, also called, also called DEW. See also directed energy, directed energy device, direct, directed energy weapon, electromagnetic spectrum, electronic warfare. This is from WikiLeaks, okay? So let me see if we could pull up something substantial an article, perhaps, to tell us more about this, all right? I think we found something. Oh, what's this? Let's see if we just stumbled on something. So the hacking team. So they have a lot of different headings for these. This is from the hacking team. Today, 8 July 2015, WikiLeaks releases more than 1 million searchable emails from the Italian surveillance malware vendor hacking team which first came under international scrutiny after WikiLeaks' publication of the spy files. These internal emails show the inner workings of the controversial global surveillance industry. You said COD, COD showed us years ago. Thank you, Sound of Susie Q. So, 
Vision Game Business Reports, Non-Lethal Weapons, NLW Market, 2014 to 2024. Oh, shit. Might have stumbled onto something. Conducted and Directed Energy Weapons, CEW and DEW, Less Lethal Weapons, LLW, and Equipment for Military and Law Enforcement. Oh, shit. I think we just stumbled on something in WikiLeaks, ladies and gentlemen. How this 239-page report delivers 150 non-lethal weapons contracts and programs, 205 charts and tables underpinning the analysis, global non-lethal weapons market forecast, non-lethal weapons sub-market forecast by equipment type and end user, 15 leading national non-lethal weapons markets forecast and analyzed, Fresh expert opinion interviews from BNT and Lampard, less lethal. 17 non-lethal weapons companies profiled. I'm just going to read a little of this. The concept of a weapon that is designed merely to temporarily incapacitate with little or no lasting injury is relatively new. The development of non-lethal weapons can be viewed as a consequence of the rise of democratic values. What? Run that back. The development of non-lethal weapons can be viewed as a consequence of the rise of democratic value. God, we can't kill these sons of bitches, so let's just immobilize them so that we can fuck with their lives for a minute. <laughs> the use of lethal force on a nation's own citizens is often met with dissent and criticism in democracies. The rise of non-lethal weapons has taken place in the last two decades. Non-lethal weapons for anti-personnel purposes have become increasingly high in demand from law enforcement agencies across the world. Vision, Vision Gain has calculated that in 2014, the market will be worth more than $161,630.6 million. Damn. Non-lethal weapons, <clears throat> NLW market, 2014 to 24, conducted and directed energy weapons, less lethal weapons and equipment for military and law enforcement, reveals the technologies and companies which hold the greatest potential in particular exploring and analyzing the activities of these companies. Pay attention to this point, folks. Again, pens, papers, notebooks, all that good shit. View Vision Gain's assessment of the prospects for established competitors, rising challengers, and new market entrants. Gain a thorough understanding of the competitive landscape with profiles of 17 leading non-lethal weapons companies examining their position, capabilities, products, portfolios, R&D activity, services, focus strategies, M&A activity, and future outlook included in the report are Profiles of eight leading companies focusing on directed energy weapons. BAE Systems, Ball Aerospace and Technologies, Boeing Company, General Dynamics Corporations, Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S, Defense and Security Solutions, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grunman, Raytheon. Okay. Profiles of nine leading companies focusing on non-lethal weapons. Aardvark Tactical Inc., B&T. Condor Non-Lethal Technologies, Lampard Less Lethal Inc., Mace Tactical Non-Lethal Technologies Inc., Pepperball Technologies, okay? And this article, just it just goes on and on and on. I mean, this is, this is amazing. This is some shit. We just stumbled on this together, ladies and gentlemen, on All the Wake Up Radio. I, you know, I haven't heard as much as I hear people talking about 
directed energy weapons and all that. I haven't heard anybody reference what's in this treasure trove known as WikiLeaks. I mean, this is amazing. Just the, the names. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like this, okay. So what what is this? Because I'm just looking at names and names. Like this shit is crazy. Uh, Australian National Non-Lethal Weapons Market Forecast 2014 to 2024. Um, the Boeing Company revenue, General Dynamics Corporation revenue, Bay Electronic Systems, BAE Intelligence, BAE Systems, BAE Systems Australia, BAE Systems De Dedica, BAE Systems India, BAE Systems PLC, BAE Systems Saudi Arabia, BAE Unmanned Systems, Ball Aerospace Technologies, Ball Corporations, Ball, I mean, Boeing Commercial. This shit is, just goes on. Lockheed Martin Aeronautics Australia, Canada Corporation. Raytheon Advanced Programs Australia Combat. All this is Raytheon Company, Raytheon Cybersecurity, Elcan Optical, Environmental Solutions. All these are Raytheon. Like this is, I mean, these things are rolling out all across the world. <laughs> right, crazy how it's called non-lethal, right? El Paso Police Department, Essex Police Force, okay? Durham Police Force, um, Department of Defense, DeKalb County Police Department, Decatur Police, uh, Costa, Mesa, Costa Mesa Police Department, Cook County Sheriff, Cook County, that's the place where black people got to stay away from. And you know, they're going to be testing these non-lethal, less than lethal weapons on our black asses for sure. Georgia Bureau of Investigation, um, Georgia Department of Corrections. Why would the Department of Corrections need this type of shit? But here they are on this list, okay? Um, Mexican government, like they, they got everybody. They're telling on everybody in here, basically. New York Police Department, NYPD. You already know NYPD's in on this shit. So th this list just goes on. And, you know, this is just one email from dealing with directed energy weapons. Okay, so that, that's just to give people an idea of the type of content that's in WikiLeaks. So one thing I looked up <clears throat> was, I looked up this company, because if you remember the MH370 plane that crashed right the malaysian plane that crashed right flight 370 and there was a company called i think it was free share semiconductor is that the name what's the name of this company i just had it Freescale Semiconductor, Freescale Semiconductor. So remember that they said that there were some people, there were patent holders on the plane. And when you go in and look and see what it was about, 
there were, I think, 130, 131 employees from a company called Freescale Semiconductor who died on that plane. Now, the crash was March 8th, 2014, right? So, you know, I just decided to look up, just randomly look up Freescale Semiconductor and WikiLeaks. Over 170 results. Hmm. So... You know, I haven't gotten, I'm looking at the dates that get close to the crash of the plane or the disappearance of the plane. But here's something, econ impact on Japan. Resending this, it was our initial econ assessment, assessment made yesterday by ADP Drew Harp. This is the first time I'm reading it. The date is 3-14-2011. In the aftermath of the fifth strongest earthquake in the last century, Japan's industrial sector has largely shut down as corporations such as Toyota, Nissan, Sony, Fuji, Kirin, and Sapporo all stopped to assess their facilities and their workers rushed to check on their loved ones. This will be one more blow to a nation that just earlier this week had its credit rating downgrading and now will likely have to spend heavily to rebuild. That's a little jewel right there. I didn't know their credit rating was downloaded, downgraded right before the earthquake. That's a Benjamin Fulford shit right there. Because Benjamin Fulford talks a lot about Japan and how, huh, even with Japan, he was saying that that tsunami was an attack. And it was an attack by, you know, a couple people, but basically it's possible according to benjamin fulford that the israeli government and you know maybe some other nefarious people put some kind of tsunami weapon off the coast of japan and detonated that causing the earthquake and tsunami is what benjamin fulford says so they're being that their credit was downgraded days before the that kind of adds credence to that that narrative right there. Or at least it's a good starting point for theorists of conspiracies. Put it like that, right? Japan's industrial show, okay. This will be one more blow to a nation that just earlier this week had its credit rating downgraded and now will likely have to spend heavily to rebuild. The one bright note is that such rebuilding will boost the economy, though it will do so upon an already heavy debt load. Before the earthquake, Japanese Prime Minister Naoto Kan was battling to pass a $1.1 trillion budget with a deficit of 10% of GDP and the need for tens to hundreds of billions of dollars or additional funding to rebuild will add further strain to a debt that already surpasses 200% of Japan's gross GDP. Damn. So I'm trying to find this thing about the semiconductor because I'm not trying to drag you through this whole email. This is a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're not going to do this right now, but somewhere in there, it mentions Freescale Semiconductor. <sighs> so... Freescale semiconductor, cash flow forecast. So the point being, you know, it's just interesting to find this one in the, the WikiLeaks files because 
you know, I just randomly happened to look it up. Point being, WikiLeaks is full of jewels. There's stuff that's yet to be discovered. And things that definitely connect to where we're at right now. Things that might even add light to where we're at right now. And if you find the right search word or the right terms to search, like I, I just typed in the word Gladio. You know how much we talk about Gladio on this show. Okay, let me just give you an example, right? Operation Gladio, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know Operation Gladio is the Stay Behind Army, the NATO Stay Behind Army, and with that, that that was left in, in Europe, and with that Stay Behind Army, you have, you know, basically acts of terrorism, acts of terrorism, gun running, drug running to add to the black budget, to basically fund the black budget. And, you know, do nefarious stuff. The evolution of Operation Gladio is Operation Gladio B. Operation Gladio B is what we know as false flag mass shootings, where now this army has really been turned against the people. And the soldiers of this army carry out these false flags. So in WikiLeaks, if you type in Gladio, all this stuff comes out. Insight, Turkey, PKK, weekly press release, you know. Boom. Just pulled it up randomly. Haven't seen this. Source, attribution, Stratford sources in northern Iraq. Source description, PKK spokesman in Kandil. What is this? Self-defense is, is the all aspects of people to organize. February 2011. Um, and again, these are long, so I'm not going to read through all of these. But let me see if I can <clears throat> pull up the Gladio part. Okay, until the 1950s, the Gladio and NATO were internationally operated. After 1950, the International Gladio was nationalized and hence a National Gladio was established. Beginning with the 27 May A-plus coup d'etat and ending in 1980s, this National Gladio eliminated the left. Kanan Everin talks about these issues and says, says... Something as our Gladio, which was national, became autonomous in the 1990s. The coup d'etat in the 1990s by GA, whatever, is known by all. In parallel with the something killer's prime ministerial term, the national Gladio became autonomous in Turkey. Somebody's death is related to this coup. The autonomous Gladio existed until the beginning of the year 2000s, but an agreement was reached with AKP, and hence with AKP coming into power, Gladio became privatized. Presently, we are going through a privatized Gladio era. So from international Gladio to national Gladio, from that to autonomous Gladio, and from autonomous Gladio, the transformation has been made to a privatized Gladio. This final change has been made during AKP. AKP's term. I had called this the Green Gladio. Nevertheless, though, it is at the end Gladio A. So all this to say, they talk about Operation Gladio in the WikiLeaks. And, and you know, as much as we, we talk about Gladio, 
you can find some really credible information. And this is coming out of the Stratford stuff. Stratford, you got to look up their shit. So this is, so, you know, the, the efforts of Julian Assange, it's not, when we talk about this story, remember, it's not about Julian Assange, the man. It's about the information that's in the WikiLeaks. And I'm telling you folks, there is information that is yet to be disclosed to the public in, in you know, in a in a in a formal or official format. Okay. As much as I've been talking about Operation Gladio, I I haven't looked in WikiLeaks about that until today. Really yesterday, a few hours ago, but until now, okay? So Imagine what else we can find in there if we just look, all right? So we're talking about human rights and the um, the, the day of Inter- International Day of Human Rights or whatever the fuck the UN had. And it's funny because this this you know Australian you know. Australia talking about Mr. Assange and all this, but Australia right now has their concentration camp set up and they're in full swing. And their Gestapo apparatus is up and running in Australia. And they are snatching, grabbing First Nations people right now in Australia as we speak whether they are force, forcibly inoculating them or dragging them off. They're doing it all in Australia right now. And these are, you know, obvious human rights violations. I don't think we need to talk about these shots, right? We don't need to talk about these shots or what's in them or what's being done with them. I think we know how dirty they are at this point and that they're actually just bioweapons. If you don't know, you haven't been paying attention, and that's okay. I, I want to say it's no fault of yours, but that's something um, you know you should probably pay attention to at this point. What's in these shots and what's being done, because you would be surprised. And we're gonna might have a couple minutes to talk about that too. This what's being done to these First Nations people. At this point, oh, damn, Fedco said yes, and Austria is about to force vaccinate their people in February. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I I heard. And, you know, this is, this is really bad, like the direction that we're headed right now. And that's why, again, title of this episode is They Live, because it's like we're living in the upside down world right now where if you know the truth, then you know the truth. And if you don't, you don't. Just let that sink in for a minute. It's not to say we have all the answers, but we are asking the right questions. People are being penalized and ostracized for asking the right questions. What's going down in Australia right now will happen in other parts of the world for sure, especially since people are sitting by and letting it happen. 
And it's sad that that's where we're at right now. So I'm going to go to this paper that was released from Pfizer. Cumulative analysis of post-authorization adverse events report, adverse event reports. <sighs> Received through 28 February, 2021. Okay. Report prepared for, prepared by Worldwide Safe, Worldwide Safety Pfizer. The information contained in this document is proprietary and confidential. Any disclosure, reproduction, distribution, or other dissemination of this information outside of Pfizer, its affiliates, its licenses, or regulatory agencies is strictly prohibited, except as may be otherwise agreed to in writing. By accepting or reviewing these materials, you agree to hold such information in confidence and not disclose it to others. Well, this has been released through Freedom of Information. So that's how we have it right now. Cumulative analysis of post-authorization adverse event reports. So, again, on some meme university shit, remember, we heard that Pfizer is going to take 55 years to disclose the results of, you know, their tests and, and adverse events. Well, the, the part that we have to remember is that we're going to get what, 500 pages a month or something like that? Whatever it is, we're getting a certain amount of information every month. Yeah. So this is one of the disclosures right here. <sighs> Let me get down to this because I, I was reading this um, a few days ago. <clears throat> um. So references, my introduction, references made to the request for comments and advice submitted for February 2021 regarding Pfizer BioNTech's proposal for the clinical and post-authorization safety data package for the Biologics License Application, BLA, for our investigational COVID-19 vaccine, BNT162B2. Further references made to the agency's 09 March 2021 response to this request and specifically the following request from the agency. So this is interesting. This is just to kind of put this into proper context of what this information is. Monthly, monthly safety reports primarily focus on events that occurred during the reporting interval and include information not relevant to a BLA submission. Remember, the BLA is the Biologics License Application. And include information not relevant to a BLA submission, such as line lists of adverse events by country. We are most interested in a cumulative analysis of post-authorization safety data to support your future BLA submission. Please submit an integrated analysis of your cumulative post-authorization safety data, including U.S. and foreign post-authorization experience in your upcoming BLA submission. Please include a cumulative analysis of the important identified risks, important potential risks, and areas of important missing information identified in your pharma pharmacovigilance plan, as well as adverse events of special interest in vaccine administration errors, whether or not associated with an adverse event. Please also include and 
include distribution data and an analysis of the most adverse events. In addition, please submit your updated pharmacovigilance plan with your BLA submission, okay? Just talking about the methodology. Let me see. Because at a certain point, they start talking about some numbers. Okay. General overview. And there's some redacted, okay? General overview. This is a safety database. Results, safety database, general overview. Is from the Pfizer. It is estimated that approximately redacted doses of BNT162B2 were shipped worldwide from the receipt of first temporary authorization for emergency supply on 1 December 2020 through 28 February 2021. Peace, peace. So this gives you an idea of the timetable we're talking about, right? December 1st to, to February 28th. Cumulatively, through 28 February 2021, there was a total of 42,086 case reports, 25,379 medically confirmed and 16,707 non-medically confirmed, <clears throat> containing 158,893 events. 158,893 events. Most cases were received from United States, United Kingdom, Italy, Germany, France, Portugal, and Spain. The remaining were distributed among 56 other countries. So <clears throat> as shown in figure one, the system organ classes, SOCs, that contained the greatest number of events in the overall data set were general disorders and administration site conditions, 51,335 AEs, nervous system disorders, 25,957. Musculoskeletal and connective tissue disorders, 17,283. Gastrointestinal disorders, 14,096. Skin and subcutaneous tissue disorders, 8,476. Respiratory, thoracic, and mediastinal disorders, 8,848. Infections and infestations, 4,610. Injury poisoning and procedural complications, 5,590. And investigations, 3,693, okay? This is what they knew in the first three months. So December 1st, January, February 28th, 2020 to 2021, all right? There's a whole bunch of charts. And there's the different countries. There's just so much information. I'm trying to just bring this to you in a form that you can kind of wrap your mind around what this information is saying. So I just want to bring you back to the part where it says, cumulatively through 28 February 2021, there was a total of... 42,086 case reports, 25,379 medically confirmed and 16,707 non-medically confirmed, containing 158,893 events. So in the first three months, 158,893 events, okay? In three months. So I don't have my calculator on me right now. 158,893 divided by three, that's roughly 
50 something thousand events every month. Did you hear about that in the news? No, it's okay. I ain't hear about it in the news either. This is coming straight from the horse's mouth. I mean, this is, okay, bet. So here we go. Because now further down, they break it into categories. Anaphylactic reactions, please refer to risk anaphylaxis, including table four. See, so what's table four telling us? Because, again, we're on the radio, so I'm not trying to really hold up the process of what's going on. But just so we can wrap our minds around anaphylaxis, since the first temporary authorization for emergency supply under Regulation 174 in the UK and through uh, 1,833 potentially relevant cases were retrieved from the anaphylactic reaction, SMQ, search strategy, applying the med RA algorithm. These cases were individually reviewed and assessed according to Brighton collaboration. Definition and level of diagnostic certainty is shown in the table. So BC1, 290, BC2, 311, BC3, 10, BC4, 391, BC5, 831, total 1,833. So this is the type yeah, they, so this is the type of stuff that, you know, it's funny because when you go to the Bears data and the different data sets of adverse reactions, they're no, uh, honestly, I feel they're not anywhere near as damning as what this document is telling us right here. So all those, um, all that, uh, Basically, all the things that folks like us have been warning about, it's actually way worse in real life than what we were able to find in in VARES. Oh, yeah, here we go. Use in pregnancy and lactation. This is missing information. Pregnancy cases, 274 cases, including 270 mother cases and four fetus baby cases, representing 270 unique pregnancies. The four fetus baby cases were linked to three mother cases. One mother case involved twins. Pregnancy outcomes for the 270 pregnancies were reported as spontaneous abortion. 23, outcoming pending, five. Premature birth with neonatal death, spontaneous abortion with intrauterine death, two each, spontaneous abortion with neonatal death and normal outcome, one each. No outcome was provided for 238 pregnancies. Note that two different outcomes were reported for each twin and both were counted. 146 non-serious mother cases reported exposure to vaccine in utero without the occurrence of any clinical adverse event. The exposure PTs coded to the PTs maternal exposure during pregnancy. Exposure during pregnancy, 29, and maternal exposure timing unspecified. 124 mother cases, 49 non-serious and 75 serious reported clinical events which occurred in the vaccinated mothers. (coughs) Excuse me. Pregnancy-related events reported in these cases coded to the PT's abortion spontaneous. As I told you, folks, this is the um, this is the type of information that we're talking about. Like the the information is already out there; it's already known, and it's just 
it's up to us to remain vigilant and and keep the pressure on these cocksuckers and and elected you know elected officials and people in power because if if all we go by is what's on the media and what's in the news then they would have us thinking that you know that there are no adverse events and that whatever adverse events there are it's the the uh it's worth getting the shot and all that and it's not <laughs> it's not <laughs> in the end of the day this is the type of thing this is what i'm talking about like fuck the meme university vibes that's going on right now this is real life this is you know this is the information that we need because ultimately and we said it in the past this is the type of stuff that's going to need to be brought to court. This is the type of stuff that can be presented in court as reasons why we shouldn't have these vaccine mandates. But if people are caught up in, you know, again, the meme aspect of this part of the revolution. Folks, you're listening to On The Wake Up Radio, most dangerous two hours in radio. It's your host, Kazi the Cutlass. Big shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. I'm just going to close out this segment. As I was saying, we have to get beyond the meme university aspect of this struggle right now. This information that we're reading, I mean, even this alone could be presented in court as a reason to halt the vaccine mandates. And yes, I'm not saying the V word, I'm saying the vaccine mandates because that's what it is. And it's about educating ourselves, accessing the information that's out there and available and using this information. This is easy to find, easy enough. I mean, like we said, there were, according to Pfizer's data now, right? According to Pfizer's data, there were 158,893 events in the first three months. 158,893 events in the first three months. Was this on CNN? Was this on MSNBC? Was this on Fox News? Most likely not. And so they're all complicit. And maybe we could say, oh, you know, they didn't know this information hadn't come out yet. Well, it's out there now. Wow. This is crazy. I'm because I'm just like I'm going through different categories. Immune mediated autoimmune AESIs, adverse events of special interest excuse me, search criteria, immune-mediated autoimmune disorders, excuse me, broad and narrow, or autoimmune disorders, HLGT, primary path, or ORPTs, cytokine release syndrome, cytokine storm, hypersensitivity, hypersensitivity reactions, 
that's when the body is basically where so where something that's like what would basically lead to anaphylaxis or other hypersensitivity. Um, number of cases. 1,050, 2.5% of the total PM data set, of which 760 medically confirmed and 299 medically confirmed. Country of incidence, more than 10 cases, UK, US, Italy, France, and Germany, Mexico, Sweden, Spain, Greece, Israel, Denmark, Portugal, Austria, and Czech Republic. Um number of relevant events 1077 in which 70 780 series 297 non-series most freak most frequently relevant pts greater than 10 occurrences hypersensitivity neuropathy peripheral pericarditis myocarditis dermitis diabetes mellitus diabetes diabetes from the shot what are you telling me and encephalitis, okay, 16 each, psoriasis, dermatitis bullis, autoimmune disorder, and Raynaud's phenomenon. See, so when it comes to these cases, there's a, Mr. Eastland said there's a new syndrome being reported in Europe called post-pandemic trauma syndrome. Basically, if you have any form of heart issue, they're attributing it to peaks. <laughs> no shit. Post-pandemic trauma syndrome, really? Huh. 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 Okay. Okay. Musculoskeletal AESIs. Adverse events of special interest. Number of cases 3600. Okay. Um neurological ASIs. Number of cases 501. Most um, generalized tonic, clonic seizure, whoa, seizures, epilepsy, seizures, Guillain-Barre syndrome, fibromyalgia and trigeminal neuralgia. That's crazy. Yeah, they're covering their bases, all right. Status epilepticus, aura and myelitis transverse, multiple sclerosis. This shit is giving people multiple sclerosis. <laughs> and folks, again, I'm reading this straight from Pfizer. Straight from five, so they can't call me a fucking conspiracy theorist. This is their information, okay? Raynaud syndrome, bad sensation, demyelination, meningitis, postical state seizure-like phenomena, tongue biting. This shit is crazy. Um, other other AESIs, herpes, viral. I mean, it just goes on. This one is only 38 pages. This is only 38 pages. So, you know, this is, oh, acute PT's acute kidney injury, renal failure, 69 cases. Like we said, over 158,000 incidences in the first three months. So people can... um People can do the math for themselves in the end of the day. We're just here to kind of present this oh, cerebral, vascular, venous, and sinus thrombosis. Numbers are kind of low. Number of relevant events, 300 all serious. Okay, that's, that's not that low. Because the thing is, these are what 
were reported in those months. This doesn't account for the, the cases afterwards as it's become more widespread. And this doesn't account for the unreported cases. There are, I've, I've seen several videos now of people giving their, giving their account, people who have received these shots and giving their account of what happened and what's been happening to them. And these are people, you know, every case like 300, okay, only 300 people, somebody could say, or only 32 cases of vascular, vasculitis, only 32 cases of vasculitis, but what does vasculitis look like to someone who's going through it? You know, what does Guillain-Barre look like to someone who's experiencing it and whose life has been derailed because they thought they were doing the right thing by going and getting the shot? What do these things look like to people who are experiencing it, to people who have experienced uh, uh, seizures, to people who now are paralyzed and who are paraplegics and quadriplegics because of this, who have people who have experienced uh, the myelitis, the, the, the encephalopathy, the Guillain-Barre, the multiple sclerosis, the demyelination of their nerves, the demyelination of their nerves, like, this is crazy, you know? And if you listen to someone like, um, what's the guy's name? Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, he's one of the leading for one of the leading guys in all this. And he even says that, you know, he's one of those people who he said that there, there has yet to be a safety board on this shot. He's been on safety boards. And he said if he were on a safety board, he would have immediately pulled this because of the adverse events. You know, you have on say these safety boards, you have shots that have been pulled in the past and medications that have been pulled in the past for far less, for far less. But this has been rolled out to the world and, and people are being exposed to this. And it, it, it's being pushed onto the children at this point. And now you have these insane mandates and no one is pumping the brakes saying, hold on, wait a minute. Let's just see where this thing is headed. Let's just look at the safety of this for a minute. Nobody is saying that at this point. And the safety isn't even a question. It's no, we're pushing the mandates or you're getting locked out of society. And, you know, in the end of the day, um, this is a fight to the death type of thing. You know, that's, that's what I'm calling. It's a fight to the death. We're moving to closer to this authoritarian type of government. My brother John always talks about the financial castration that's being committed on the people, that's being imposed on the people. People have to make these decisions now, their health, their freedom, or financial castration. What if you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars saved up? What if you can't afford to miss a day of work? What if you are back against the wall now have to make to make a basically a life-threatening decision? 
What if you take that shot and you're one of the ones who's now crippled by this thing? Will you, will, will anybody come to save you? Those are the stories that they should also have on the news. As much as you have people in their fucking masks talking about, well, you know, I'm glad I got the shot and I think everybody should get the shot and, you know, we just did the, all that bullshit. What about the people who are in a fucking wheelchair? I got to tell you, maybe it's a coincidence, but since the rollout of this thing, I've seen more young people walking around with canes, more people hobbling around like as if they have neurological disorders. Maybe I'm just more keen to it now that I know that's what's going on with this, but you know, I'm a massage therapist, so I'm constantly watching how people move. And I notice that I'm seeing a lot more people walking around with canes, you know, like I just saw a young lady the other day, and not like she had a cane, like she sprained her ankle, it looked like she had a cane, like her gait, the way she was walking was as if she had some kind of neurological disorder, and we have it, I mean, this is straight from the devil's mouth, it doesn't get any more official than these uh, this information being put out by Pfizer. And there's going to be more disclosure. And this is the type of information because so where we're at right now in society is, okay, in the U.S., we're at the point where this stuff can probably be used in court. Oh, yeah, fentanyl, that's a whole other thing, you know. But we're at a point where this information can be used in court maybe to postpone some mandates, you know. If it becomes public enough, then the media will have to cover it. So I think that's our job and people like us is we have to put this out there in a form that it can become a meme, but a, a real teachable meme, you know where people will go and they'll look up the proper information and they'll share that information with other people and make that go viral in order to, you know, educate the masses on where we're at. And then the right people are going to hear that, read this document and read other ones and bring that to court to hold off on some of these vaccine mandates. Once enough people are educated, yes, they're going to throw their bullshit at us and their false flags, but fuck all that. Once enough people are educated, then you can't, you can't pull the wool back over their eyes. So it comes to educating people, educating as many people as possible at this point, bringing this into court. In a place like Australia... Those Aborigine communities and those First Nations communities in Australia, they're in a different stage of the fight. Because now those people have to physically fight for their lives. I'm pretty sure that they, they don't have weapons in order to do that. So how do they fight for them? They need people to fight for them. They need to fight too. But it needs to be understood even amongst the white Australians that, no, you need to go fight for those First Nations people. Because... A genocide. They've been facing genocide for hundreds of years, 200 plus years. 
since the Europeans first came to Australia. Now this is the final solution for them. You know, this is the final final solution for the First Nations in Australia. Going on right now, right as we speak, they're facing the final solution. Okay? What what people love to boast about the Jews facing under Hitler, that's what's going on with the First Nations in Australia right now, ladies and gentlemen. Final solution over there. Okay? Look at the lockdown that they're having in Canada, the mandates that they're imposing on Canadians. It's coming to Canada next, okay? The final solution is coming to Canada soon, and it's going to come to the U.S. soon. It's going to come to Austria soon, okay? This is going to be worldwide final solution unless we do what we're supposed to do because, listen, it's the ballot or the bullet. We can, listen, we can take this stuff to court. We can fight this stuff in court. We can fight this stuff against our politicians. We can vote our politicians out. We can force them out. All this fucking Epstein sex trial, Jelaine Maxwell stuff, all that stuff, they can be forced out. They can still be forced out at this point. But if we do not take those measures and do it now and make haste with it, then yes, this will become a hot war. This will become a wet war. Okay? This isn't a threat. It's not something that I want. I, you know, like I was just looking at what's going on in Ukraine. They've been fighting for the last seven years. And I was looking at this Al Jazeera, this, you know, 10 minute video. And there was these uh, men and women on the front line, you know, in the in Ukrainian army. There was a this lady out there. She said, oh, yeah, you know, I can't wait to get home to my, my children and my grandchildren. She's out there busting guns holding off the Russians on their border, okay? And Russian sympathizers. Mind you, I got nothing against Russia, but this is war. This is what goes on in war, you know? Some people, the same people that you like one day might be the people that you don't like the next day, just depending on if you're, if you're watching the situation from the distance, okay? So this grandma's out there busting guns, can't wait to get back to her family. All that to say, I don't want a war. You know, I, I, like the thought of having to kill people over some shit that could have been prevented disgusts me. And this is some shit that could be prevented. These people, as much as they want their new world order and they want this, this global tyranny and all that shit, it doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to be so. But it's going to take the people really playing their part you know we have to play an active role in our liberation and i know that's as difficult for a lot of people to conceive but we have to play an active role in our liberation because if we don't then we're basically giving consent to this tyranny right now and you know i'll leave it at that i'll leave it at that i thank everybody for chiming in oh if you saw the ad if you saw the ad that i put up today Check it out. That's from a movie. That's called Corporate Monster. It's a short movie. It's like um, a remake of They Live. They did it. Somebody did it. Somebody modernized They Live, ladies and gentlemen. Might want to check it out. Corporate Monster. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on BitChute. It's really good. It's about 15 minutes. Um... Ooh, Mr. Eastland said it the best, and I think I will leave it on that. 
Mr. Eastland said, end of the day, execs and gatekeepers need to live in fear. Has to be said, it had to be said, and it had to be repeated. They have to live in fear. They have to be uncomfortable knowing, you know, they had they can't be so comfortable in rolling out their tyranny and their police state, okay? They can't be so comfortable. And folks like us have to keep them uncomfortable. You know, they should be, with what they're doing, they should be shaking in their boots every day. They, you know, they shouldn't be sleeping peacefully. They should be, you know, shaking, scared. <laughs> scared that something's going to happen to them at any moment. And the fact that they're not is what allows them to continue going forward the way they are. I wanted to check out this story because I haven't touched in with this. Um, and I still haven't heard anything yet. I want to hear something substantial, but this is the headline from Fox News, man from December 2nd, 2021. Man with loaded gun arrested outside of UN headquarters in Manhattan. NYPD arrested a man with a gun outside the United Nations complex in Manhattan after an hours long standoff on Thursday. <clears throat> I saw the helicopters that day too. I didn't know what was going on. The man had been pacing with a loaded shotgun and police had been negotiating with him in an effort to try to drop the gun. He was described as a man in his 60s. Things started unfolding about 10.40 a.m. on Thursday. Police had taped off an area along 42nd Street and 1st Avenue. The man did not appear to try to breach the security perimeter of the U.N. complex, but it was put on lockdown and employees were told to shelter in place. A U.N. spokesperson said the operations have returned to normal after the man was peacefully taken into custody. The man, now this is the interesting part. I did read this. The man said he had papers he wanted to be delivered to the U.N. Officers agreed to give the papers to U.N. officials and the man then agreed to surrender. Police said they were some sort of medical records. He was taken to the hospital for observation. The man traveled from Florida and had no prior arrest records. Police searched the man's truck in a room at the Millennium Hotel he stayed on Wednesday night. His name was not immediately released. There was a mass police response across the entire area. The sounds of police sirens filled the air and blah, blah, blah. What were the papers that the man delivered to the United Nations. What were the medical papers, ladies and gentlemen? That's, if y'all want to go down a rabbit hole, y'all want to do some meme university shit and pull up something that people haven't heard of yet or haven't been covering. I haven't heard anybody cover this yet. I would love to know what was in those papers. Has anybody heard anything from it yet? To be continued. Thanks for everybody that tuned in. Let's stay diligent. Let's stay strong. Have a wonderful week. I guess the last, last thing I want to mention is remember that we are living in an age of manifestation and we are living in an age of manifesting the reality that we want to see. So even though all this crazy shit is going on, we still have the ability to bring forth the reality that we do want to see. And we can't forget that part. I was listening to a First Nations young man talk out. Um, 
Oh, yeah, the, the Camara sculpture outside the UN. Yeah, I'll probably post about that sometime this week. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this, um, this young First Nations man was explaining that, you know, whatever vision or whatever, you know, guidance that he had gotten from the realms, he was told not to live in fear, right? In this age that we're in right now, we can't live in fear. And it's worth being reminded we can't live in fear for so many reasons. But when he said, he said it, he wasn't told not to be afraid. He was told not to live in fear. And living in fear, the way he understood it, was a state of being, okay? So that state of being, think about it. If you're constantly afraid, fear can be healthy. Like if you're being chased by a lion, Fear is going to get your ass out of there. Fear is going to get you, you know, <laughs> to safety. But then it can dissipate once you're out of danger. But living in fear is a mental state. It's a constant state of anxiety. And if you're living in fear, then that might block you off from certain things that you're supposed to receive, certain information that you're supposed to receive. The way I'm seeing it, the more people who are in that state of fear, that means there's more information and downloads that's going to come to people who are not in that state. You know, almost like an overload. I don't know if you can overload on that, but I feel like there's going to be more of it to go around, more of it to go around to fewer people. So be, the, be in that few, be in that few of people that are going to receive this information and then know what to do with it and know that you're going to be taken care of. And, and yeah, we may face times that are a little bit scary, a little unsure, times where we're going to have to make some decisions, some serious decisions, but it, it don't just, you know, just stay strong and don't allow yourself to live in fear. You know, you live in harmony with the earth around you. Just, you know, you got to do things to raise your vibration too. For me, doing this show helps me to raise my personal vibration because this is like therapy. This, you know, I love speaking with y'all. I love interacting with y'all. I know you don't see me on, you know, I don't, I'm not on Instagram as much. I'm not posting as much. Cause it's too much. And I feel like I did most of my posting. Um, I did most of my posting, you know, prior to 2020 when I was warning people. Now it's just like, uh, if you caught the message, you caught it. You can go back on my page and you'll see, I've been, you know, warning people about this time period for, since I've had my page pretty much, I was warning about pandemic, you know, almost a decade ago. So, that's why, and that's another reason I don't do too much on my page because I want it to be there so people can see the archive. Because I'm not anyway. The name of that movie was Corporate Monster. Corporate Monster. Check it out. It's a dope movie. Keep your vibration high, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you in the astral realms. I'm about to go do a little meditation slash sleep right now. Um there's a lot of earth healing that we can do, a lot of universal healing that we can do. And yeah, I'll see y'all out there. 
big shout out to you. Big shout out to the whole on the wake up radio family. Big shout out to my co-host, my brother John, to make Sonic Green from the Truth Brew Podcast. Big shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashby. On the wake up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.